Welcome back, bitches. This is another exciting episode of Bitch Beer. I'm your host, Caroline King. I'm reintroducing myself because it has been so fucking long since our last episode. Hey! Hey! How y'all doing? I'm so sorry. If you haven't been following along on Instagram with the journey of Bitch Beer, which first off, please follow me on fucking Instagram. I need followers. Help me. I'm poor. I am very excited to announce that Bitch Beer has been picked up as a network TV show. Yeah, bitches, we're coming to a TV near you. I can't wait. I'm excited. We have a badass team of people making this show happen. And that's what I've been up to since the last time that we talked. Yeah, it's been a ton of work. I'm so excited. And unfortunately, the podcast had to take a little bit of a back seat while we were getting that going. But of course, now that we're adjusting to the new normal, I'm doing my best to keep bringing amazing episodes and interviews with great people coming at you. So stay tuned. Of course, today we have a truly special episode lined up for you. If you're a longtime listener, you might remember that back in October of 2020, we had the honor of hosting Marcus Baskerville, the visionary behind the Blackest Beautiful Beer Project right here on our show. Yes, he's famous and he came and talked to us. We love him. Marcus shed light on the project's mission to promote diversity, equity, and inclusion within the beer industry and beyond. Also, while shedding light on social justice organizations across the nation and in our local communities. We were left inspired by his passion and his dedication. And of course, today we're taking another step in this incredible journey. We have a remarkable guest with us, someone who's been intricately involved in capturing the essence of the Black is Beautiful movement on film. And that person is Marco Ortega, the director of the documentary Black is Beautiful. Marco's film takes us behind the scenes of the collaborative effort that's swept the nation, highlighting the power of unity, creativity, and the transformative potential of the beer industry. From the moment Marcus Baskerville's idea ignited a movement to the inspiring stories of breweries coming together to brew exceptional beers for our cause, this film offers a deep dive into the heart of a groundbreaking initiative. In a world where representation and inclusivity are essential conversations, Black is Beautiful not only brewed delicious beers, I had quite a few of them and they were amazing, but it also served as a vessel for dialogue and change. Through this documentary, we get a chance to understand the journey, the challenges, the triumphs, and the impact it had on the lives of those involved and the industry as a whole. So grab your favorite craft beer, unless you're driving, get comfortable and get ready to explore the narrative behind Black is Beautiful like never before. Whether you're a seasoned aficionado or someone who's just beginning to explore the world of craft beer, this episode promises a wealth of insights, stories, and reflections that'll leave you inspired to be part of the positive change that the beer industry is capable Before we dive into it, don't forget to revisit our previous episode with Marcus Baskerville to get a full grasp of the roots of this movement. And now, without further ado, let's jump into our conversation with Marcus. Hi, Marco. How's it going? Hello, Caroline. How are you? Doing fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yes, thank you for having me. Of course. I'm so excited because we had Marcus on the podcast a little while back, right when he started the Black is Beautiful project. And now the film is out. It is out and touring film festivals. And one of the festivals it's coming up to is Summer in the South, which is September 3rd. And we're just so excited. I'm so excited that it's premiering here in Atlanta. So yeah, before we get into the interview, how about you introduce yourself and tell us about your background? Yeah, so I am a native Texan for uh, as long as I can remember, but I wasn't actually born. 
born here in the States. I was actually born in Panama City, Panama. Oh, nice. And yeah, so. Panama City, Panama, here. not the redneck Riviera here in Florida. <laughs> is, that, is that what they call it there? Yes, Panama City, so Florida. Funny. So Panama, <laughs> Panama City, Panama sounds a lot better than Panama City, Florida. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, I just, you know, we moved to America when I was like three, four years old and, you know, moved to Texas right after that, you know, and so it was just kind of been a journey just living all throughout Texas and yep. going to school in Texas and um, just kind of finding my way into, you know, what I wanted to do in my life. And, you know, the arts was something that I really, really enjoyed. And I kind of discovered that slowly doing broadcast TV and doing broadcast sports, you know, working on short little documentaries and short little films with friends and, you know, just kind of finding my way and learning as much as I could. And uh, even working in the church world, I still do that. You know, it's my full-time job working at my local church. That's cool. Producing videos. Yeah. So, I kind of just really enjoyed the format of documentary filmmaking. Nice. And, you know, in college, I produced a, a very short documentary film about a World War II veteran who had a really, really cool story. And so oh, wow. it kind of just from that. And, you know, I wanted to kind of dive more into it. And so it wasn't until later in college that, you know, I started getting into craft beer funny thing nice and you know my first experience with craft beer was at the flying saucer you know in houston oh my <laughs> gosh that's so funny okay cool that's what was your the beer that you drank so funny thing so uh the very first well i would call it craft beer they probably don't consider it craft beer but <laughs> at the time I, I was introduced to it but it was a uh, newcastle nut brown <laughs> oh that's amazing yeah, yeah and, and it, it kind of just you know went into different flavors and, and different styles and you know, just kind of learn more about how they made beer. And I just really enjoyed it. And then I started home brewing with a friend of mine. He started home brewing. I just kind of tagged along and, and kind of helped him out. And um, it was super fun. And then I started home brewing on my own. And then shortly thereafter, it was early 2014 here in San Antonio, where I kind of saw that there were very few craft breweries here. And it, it was, yeah. I would probably say there was maybe two or three at the time. And so I, I want to say that what I really enjoyed about what I was experiencing with craft beer was the community. Yeah. And I wanted to tell the story of how San Antonio was this year town for like, you know, ages, you know, with Lone Star and Pearl, yeah. you know, just having this rich beer history that it kind of just like disappeared and it faded away. And, you know, people forgot about San Antonio. So all you really had in San Antonio was big beer, you know, Bud Light, you yeah. know, Coors and, you know, Dos Equis and that's all people really knew. Yeah. And the, the small craft breweries had something to say about that and they wanted to, to kind of bring that rich history back. And so I just felt like that was a really cool story to tell. And, you know, 2014, 2015, I started to, I guess, produce my very first film. And so it was, it, it, it really was the story of how San Antonio had this rich history in beer and how things were growing and new breweries were coming online and they wanted to change the beer community here. And they wanted to kind of bring this, this intimate spirit to the craft beer world. And so they were doing that. And so I, I finished it in 2016 and, mm -hmm. you know, that was my first film that I ever did. And I really just enjoyed meeting people and just hearing their stories and 
you know, the artistic nature that was behind that. Yeah. And it's this like, you know, and you, you always hear it in the, in the craft beer industry, this bootstrap nature, right? Yes. These people who just enjoy and are passionate about this type of, of industry of work and art form that mm -hmm. they just wanted to do something. And I was inspired by, I'd probably say at the time, you know, I saw this this documentary or I at least heard about it at the time and it was called Crafting a Nation. And they were kind of going around, in, you know, all over America, really telling the story of how America at the time had this, you know, innovative spirit of, of people just wanting to do what they loved, which was, you know, craft beer and passion behind it and just bootstrap nature. And so that inspired me. And then obviously, you know, there was one it was called uh, Oregon Brood, and mm -hmm. uh, they they talked. They interviewed Full Sail. I can't remember her name, but she was you know one of the founders of, of Full Sail, and she was amazing uh, on camera, and she had a great story. And so those are the things that I really, really just I wanted. It just catapulted me to want to tell San Antonio's story. Yeah. Um, and so they really, really inspired me to kind of dig deep. And so when I finished my first film. You know, this was right at the cusp when Weathered Souls had opened. Mm -hmm. That's <laughs> so great. I had just missed them, you know, and I, I had heard about them. They were doing different things. Marcus was, I'd probably say, the only or at the time African-American brewer in San Antonio. And not to mention, I'd probably say in Texas, at least co-owner and, and, and brewer in Texas. And so wow. that was in itself really, really inspiring. And so I kind of, you know, took a break from, you know, doing the film thing, at least on on that documentary level. Obviously, we all know what happened in 2020. You know, everything was getting shut down, you know, pandemic. Right. CBC was, was on its way here to San Antonio. It was a really, really big anticipated yeah. event. Oh, and, yeah, that's right. I and, forgot that that was that year. Yeah, and people were getting ready. And people were excited when the pandemic shut everything down. It was, it was a really, really hard blow to the city, to the the beer community, not just here in San Antonio, but also in Austin, because Austin was also planning a lot of really cool events, and they were going to have, yeah. you know, transportation back and forth, you know, because it's only about an hour away. Yeah, I was about to say, y'all so are super close a, by. Yeah, so there was a lot of really, really cool things that were going to happen. The pandemic really shut that down. And so, obviously, after that, the, you know, the unrest that was happening around the country and the social injustices that were happening in different communities. Uh, all over the country, you know, Marcus felt like he wanted to do something to, to enact some positive change. Yeah. Uh, at least how here in San Antonio. And, how did you and Marcus get connected? So that was that was one of the things that I didn't really like. When I heard about the Black is Beautiful initiative in 2020, it was immediately one of those things that just caught my attention, and it was an amazing story. At the time, I did not jump on, you know, this idea of making a documentary about it. And the only reason why was I didn't have the resources, I didn't have the time, and I didn't know what was going to happen with with pandemic stuff. With, you know how they were limiting, you know, people's movements and access and stuff like that. And so I want to say in about mid 2021. I approached him and said, hey, I really, really want to, you know, I want to know more about where this, this initiative is at. And that's when him and I connected. I had come into the, the brewery a couple of times and we had, you know, met each other and spoke and whatnot. But sure. um, it wasn't until 2021 that we really connected and I, I expressed my interest to want to go forward with this story and, and see where it's at and what he was planning and how things were changing and evolving now that things were kind of opening back up. You know, he was excited about it. He had told this story a million times over between 2020 and 2021. Oh, for sure. Met. 
And so it was really one of them was difficult. on the podcast. So <laughs> yeah, and it was very difficult for him to kind of get motivated about it a little bit because he had done so much up until that point that he was ready to move on. And so I challenged him. I said, "Hey, when we tell this story, I want you to tell the story as if this is the first time, because I don't want you to regurgitate some of the things that you, you know, have said on the news and that you have in your memory banks, because this is something that's going to be very unique." And they had already made like a little video. It's about two to three minutes mm-hmm. uh, at the beginning of the, of the uh, initiative itself during the pandemic. It was kind of talking about the initiative, but it wasn't in depth. And that was the one thing that I really, really wanted to capture in Marcus's story. Is I wanted something very, very in depth. I wanted to know his emotions behind it. I really, really wanted to know all the different challenges he was facing and the pushback and how the world was adopting this initiative as well. You know, I really, really wanted to kind of get deeper into that. And so, yeah, we both decided that this was going to be something we wanted to do. You know, obviously I had the resources at the time. We went on this journey together and it's been, yeah. it's been a blessing. It's been a privilege for sure. And uh, I've enjoyed, you know, having this friendship with them. Yeah. So talk to me about you finding out about this collaboration, seeing the growth of it. And then what was the point that, what was the hook that made you say, okay, there's a story here and this is why I want to do a feature length documentary about this. When I first heard of all of the really hard news that was happening all around the country with all the different murders that were happening, the injustices that were happening, all around the country, it was it was hard to swallow because I was thinking to myself, man, you know, I thought we were moving forward, you know, but obviously they weren't. And when I saw this, even, you know, we, we had a lot of social unrest happening here in San Antonio as well. And I thought, you know, obviously a lot of places around the country were, mm-hmm. were feeling that too. You know, people were getting fed up. You know, the black community, people of color, you know, people of, of just different backgrounds that were disenfranchised and people were just getting upset and they were tired of all of this. And mm. so, you know, you can understand everyone's frustrations. And so Marcus wanted to do something different. And he wanted to bring about some positive change that people could tangibly get behind. And when I heard, because I am just so attached to the beer community here in San Antonio, and I know so many other people and how their 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 hearts behind it, you know, their willingness to want to change the community and bring people together. I just said, this is brilliant. You know, this is exactly how things can move forward in a positive way. And so that right there in itself was the one that just got me hooked to want to dive a little deeper and to see how I could tell the story. Right. It's an important story to tell. It's it's amazing how the collaboration caught on across the country. It, and it was great to see. Um, there were so many different variations and so many different people getting involved. And it was great because people were getting involved in their communities and supporting organizations that were close by them uh, with the project, which is great. So how did you, I know sometimes, especially in the beer industry, especially right now, anytime a brewery or anybody makes a defined statement about something they always face backlash or resistance and it's just kind of a lot of potential controversies and difficult conversations so while you were creating the film how did you navigate that yeah I you know funny thing is like I've run into issues with with people wanting to make things political trying to to veer the conversation to prove a point. I think at the end of the day, you know, it's not about that. It was really about somebody wanting to make a positive impact in their community 
to shed light on injustices that everyone saw. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, this wasn't just like something that was, it, it wasn't something that was subjective. Right. This was something that everybody saw and it was blatant. And, and, yeah, like caught artists, on camera, you know, audio, yeah, everything. Obviously. Like there's no, yeah. like there's no getting around what happened. Yeah, yeah. And, and and one thing that Marcus, and he says this in the film is that, and, and I translate it as a holy discontent. You know, when, when somebody feels something so deep down in their soul that they have to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And that in itself, I felt like that was the point. He wanted to shed some light. He wanted to just make a positive impact in his community. He had no intent of making something that was going to take off on the national scale initially. Right. But then he was convinced that it would be a powerful initiative on a national scale. So he obviously went in that direction. But on the inception of this idea, he just wanted to do something small, and, and at least in his community. Right, and that that to me that was the that was the whole point. I didn't run into any challenges or any kind of negative feedback from people. I know that I did one interview where people were asking me about Black Lives Matter, and I was like, honestly, I don't have a response for that. I know Marcus is not involved in that, and Black is Beautiful is not involved in that. This is completely separate. I and I think that was about the amount of pushback that I had. It was actually a, mm. a blessing, and I. And because I think people are seeing how positive this initiative is. There's there's never been an initiative in the service industry that has been this impactful. Right. You know, raising over $5 million in the service industry. I mean, it's, you know, that's that's huge. The service industry was behind him, too, because during COVID, the Altogether Initiative, it was a big inspiration for him to, to launch this. And they, the folks that were behind the Altogether Initiative, they initially wanted to share how they did it with Marcus because they saw the value of what he was doing. And so that's why I think I think people saw the positivity and they saw the value in this project that, you know, it, it was obviously something that it was a good thing. Exactly. It's good to touch on that. And then also, as far as the beer industry as a whole, it's historically lacked diversity. It's lots of underrepresentation of Black, Indigenous, people of color and different communities. And so this Black is Beautiful collaboration collaboration, how do you feel like it addresses this issue and contributes to promoting diversity and inclusion? Yeah, I think that's one of the most exciting parts of the topic of in the film. Marcus initially wanted people of color. What his thing is like, we need a seat at the table. The industry is a predominantly white male. And so that's one of the things that he felt like was a catapult from Black is Beautiful is that he wanted to have that particular demographic to have a seat at the table and to have the opportunities that a lot of people beginning in the industry didn't have. Mm -hmm. And so that's where the incubation program was kind of birthed out of. That was one of the really, really cool things because, you know, here in San Antonio is predominantly Hispanic, Mexican, Latino, but you kind of still see that the, the, the breweries are still dominated by white male. Again, right. nothing wrong with that. That's just how the industry is. But if we can change that to give opportunities to people who don't have the, the proper resources or the avenues or the networking, then why not? You know, it's just going to make the industry a lot more diverse, a lot better. And even the quality of beer will even improve. And so I think that was one of the cool stories that, that we were able to capture in the film. And he definitely addresses that. I, I didn't expect it. 
it was just perfect timing mm -hmm. to be honest with Happy you accident. Um, yes you'll notice and he's already you know they've made this announcement all over social media but the harriet baskerville incubation program is that particular initiative that's going to help have bipoc people to, to have more of a seat at the table and to have positions of leadership to make bigger decisions and to even have ownership that's incredible it's so important and it's something that has to be started it's amazing when someone who really has such good intentions and good ideas for ways to make the community better it's great when those people are given a platform and an ability to do that it's really incredible while you're documenting this process because there's a lot that's going on you have this beer collaboration that keeps growing you have these social justice causes that are being uh, supported and you also sharing a lot of stories um, while you're doing this filming. So what were some of the standout moments that really stuck with you during the filmmaking process? You know, I think the hardest part about, and you and I have kind of discussed this, but one of the mm -hmm. hardest parts about doing films where uh, you're under a time crunch, oh, yeah. especially when, when you have grants, it's really great when you have money to do projects, but it's also not really great because then you are under a time crunch to provide a finished product. Oh my product, gosh, right? yes. And then add SAG <laughs> in there, then go, yeah, well, we're striking, we're striking right now, so I can't really talk too much Correct. about it. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was, it was a blessing, but it was also, um, it, it, it was a stressor with it too, because I really saw so many different stories coast to coast and even around the world, you know, wow. even where, where I'm from in Panama, there were a couple of breweries that took part in the Black is Beautiful initiative. Oh they, my goodness, I did not realize that. Yeah. That is incredible. Yeah, and it was one of the coolest stories because I even had reached out because I have family members that are, are part owners of one brewery and the beer scene is growing in San Antonio, or San Antonio and Panama as well. And so being able to capture, if I had had more time, I mean, just being able to capture more of those stories because we were able to go to Iowa and, and capture one of the stories about the, the there was a brewery there, Lua Brewing, who partnered with Humanize My Hoodie. And their story oh, wow. was so, it was really, really cool. And Humanize My Hoodie has, is a great campaign, great initiative. I couldn't imagine how many other breweries around the country had amazing stories like this. It's and incredible. I just, it's so hard to capture them with the time constraint that I have. And there was so much happening in Texas because Texas was one of, if not the state that collaborated the most in the Black and Beautiful Initiative and still continues today. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of the breweries here in Texas. And so, Texas is yeah, awesome. Was, I just love Texas. They have some of the best beer, in, yeah. in my opinion. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, we, we've got some great beer here in Atlanta, too. But yeah, I just love Texas. It's just like such a strange state. Because it just has like, it's got so many different personalities to it. But yeah, I lived in Dallas for a while. So yeah, I yes, I love no, it in no, Texas. <laughs> no, same here. I lived in, I've lived in all the major cities here uh, in Texas. Um, and so just being able to uh, hear all these different stories and had so many people pulling me and saying, hey, you got to go to this brewery. They did the, you know, the collaboration and they, they gave it to this. And so it was so difficult because there was one brewery, I wanted to say, I think they were in Washington State and they had a really cool, neat story as well. But again, it was so hard to kind of juggle the amount of resources that we had and the time and to see if we could. But that was, you know, I just think like if people have those stories yeah. and this is one one of the things that, that I shared with the folks at, at CBC when I was able to screen the film there was these breweries need to capture, need to find people that can capture their stories because these matter these stories matter they do and they really tell you what the heart of the of, of their community is doing to make positive change and 
I think that's the exact message that we were trying to convey with the band. One thing that I love about this initiative is it wasn't just about brewing great beer. It was about these breweries taking it on, supporting local causes in their area, but also adding their own unique spin to it. So what were some standout stories that you experienced while you were filming of ways that these breweries really took this collaboration and made it their own? Yeah, I think one of my favorite ones, I I still think the one in, in Des Moines, Iowa was really, really neat because it's Des Moines, Iowa, right. you know, like when I think of Iowa, all I think of is corn. <laughs> yeah, no, literally I, my right? plane touched down in Iowa when I was on the way back to Chicago. And listen, I did not like the state of Iowa at that time. So <laughs> I was like, I am ready to be home. I don't want to be in a snowstorm. But yeah, other than that, I have never been to Iowa. So I have no way to judge it. <laughs> yeah. And so you think of this and you're just like, okay, not much here, whatever. But what these people did, they they saw the need and they saw what was happening in the world and they wanted to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. And so they were able to make these different styles. Let's say every single brewery has their own character, has their own culture right. and their own spin to things. And so they took it, they ran with it and they were able to raise a lot of money towards the cause that, that they wanted to, to, to partner up with. And I, it was the same thing here in Austin, you know, Jester King Brewery, you know, they're so they're such a unique brewery. They're one of those breweries that they're just not traditional in, right. in what they, what they have part of their, their their beer menu and so and how they do things too. But they took this initiative and they did and they still actually collaborate and do the initiative every single year, wow. um, which is really really cool. But they they added their own spin to it, like they did like some sort of crazy mango style. I think it was their second year. And yeah, I think I think that that was really the cool thing also just to see how all these different breweries kind of put their own spin. When we were filming, there was a brewery here that wasn't able to partake in, in the collaboration in 2020 just because they were a very, very small nano brewery here right. in San Antonio. And when they finally upgraded to a bigger system and they heard that we were we were filming just like, hey, uh, we're, we're actually going to partake. And, there's this great organization we're going to team up with. We want to be a part of it. And sure, sure enough, like as a part of the of filming and, and promoting the film and stuff, we, we were able to capture their story a little bit. But, you know, they had their spin on it as well. They made like a Cascadian dark IPA and they called it Black is Beautiful, you wow. know, and it was. Yeah. And then they donated their proceeds to, you know, the organization that they had teamed up with. And so. That's a such that's a creative really, take that, on that too. A Cascadian yeah. dark IPA. That's killer. Yeah. And it was delicious. And you know, they, they had had it at uh, one of the beer fests and Marcus was out there and yeah, it was just really, really cool just to kind of see how people are coming together, doing their own thing and just being able to be a part of it and still bring positive change to the community, you know? Right. And there, there's so much going on with it. And it's so amazing to hear these incredible stories and these connections. I'm so excited for people to see the film at Summer in the South on the 3rd. So what's great about the film is it captures the journey of both the collaboration and its impact. What do you hope viewers take away from watching Black is Beautiful? And how do you envision it contributing to the ongoing dialogue about diversity, equity, and inclusion in the beer industry? I really, really want people to feel inspired to see how someone has a very deep passion about something to create some change. And I want people to be inspired by that. I want people to kind of take that message and be able to do that and replicate that anywhere 
they are in their field or in their job or somewhere in their community. I just want people to, to feel inspired by that. And it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you're doing something that's positive and it's bringing about change, we want this film to be that that kind of like catapult to, to do that kind of that emotional jumpstart for you. We just want people to be inspired by it. And I think number one is that to keep the conversation going as right. well, because we want people to feel like this is not... Marcus, when he first started this initiative, he said that this is not something that's going to go away. We want people to continue the legacy of this. And and it's obvious that where it's at today is evolving. Black is Beautiful Volume 2 is, has just launched and more breweries are taking part of this. You know, obviously the initiative and its mission statement is still very, very much about bringing about change in the industry and still making awareness. And I think that the important thing is for people is to go home and to just go to their local brewery, support your local brewery, continue the conversation about diversity and equity right. and have those hard conversations, but have it over a beer, you know, because I think walls come down when you share a beer, when you break bread with someone, you know, I think differences can be put aside and we can find that common ground. What better way to do it than over a, a tasty craft beer, right? I, I think love that's that. probably one of the... It's one of the greatest things about the craft beer industry is that people can literally just set aside their differences and just have a cold beer, know that we're human, we're broken people, that we just want to come together and make the world a better place. Right. I think that's incredible because it's so important, like you said, to keep that momentum going because it's not just like a, oh, that was fun thing to do in 2020. Well, <laughs> no, it's it's something that needs to keep going and keep moving. So looking ahead, what do you think needs to be done with the, specifically with Black is Beautiful to ensure that the momentum is generated and it keeps going to drive positive change in the beer industry and beyond? Obviously, I think with our pocketbooks, you know, I think mm-hmm. Are, are the most important things that you support your local brewery, especially the ones that are uh, participating in the initiative. And if they're not participating, ask if they if they can participate. That that kind of thing. Like, you know, Dogfish had just released you know their version of Black to Beautiful 2.0. Oh, that's um, right. I had I, I just had a cold, fresh off the line, Black is Beautiful 2.0 um, at Weather Souls about two days ago and it was delicious i am so you know? jealous oh my gosh will you pre- yeah. please bring some to atlanta for me i'll I trade know. you I'll, I, br- I need, I'll get you some halfway I, crooks beer <laughs> no seriously i really I, I really will bring it bring some because it's it's very very good and i think this is a new take you know obviously version one was the stouts and the darker beers and whatnot and using that that recipe but i think now i think they're they're kind of branching out they want to try to do some new things with it and buy the beer. If you see it at the store, buy it. That That is making a statement that is helping the cause, that is pushing the movement forward. And that is also just saying that you want to see some change in the industry. And I think that's the best way for us is by pouring a pint of Black and Beautiful 2.0, right? <laughs> and seeking it out and going to find it or like even just going to your local brewery. And if they don't know about it, say, where have you been the past two three fucking years but you know encourage your local brewery to get involved too i think it has such an yeah. impact yeah and, I, and one of the things that i've kind of run into i've heard others from other people they're not i've never experienced it but you know one of the hard things that i kept hearing was that they had the negative impression that black is beautiful was this initiative that was that was that had a very negative um, mission behind it and that is so far from the truth you know one of the things that 
that I've seen is that they have made so much positive impact in different organizations. Here in San Antonio, Marcus made a massive donation to the 100 black men in San Antonio. Wow. In Austin's, they had the NAACP, they had the Blue Defense Fund, they had 100 black men of Austin. You know, and so there are so many different organizations that have been impacted positively to continue their efforts in their communities. And so that's one of the things that I feel like if we share that with the breweries and say, hey, find a local um, organization, you know, that's going to help the black community or the colored community or anything and mm -hmm. just say, how can we help? How can we help? And let that be something that you guys can do. And I think now with Black and Beautiful 2.0, they want to build upon that legacy of the Harry Baskerville incubation program, which is how can we help people of color, BIPOC, how can they have a seat at the table? And that's why they built the uh, National Black Brewers Association, you know, because wow. this, they, they launched the National Black Brewers Association at CBC this year. And part of that is this Black is Beautiful 2.0. And this is going to help people have more opportunities to have a better seat at the table, leadership, training, you know, how to get more breweries online for BIPOC people. And so that's that's just going to be an exciting thing as we see the the landscape of, of the craft brewery scene just change over the years and having associations like this that are going to support that. And so Black is Beautiful 2.0 is doing this just that. Wow. And it's so great that you all are keeping that momentum going and just reminding people, you know, this is not over. This isn't a trend. This isn't a fad. This needs to keep going from your filmmaker perspective because it's one thing because I think you and I are so similar because we're in the beer world but we're also in the film world <laughs> so getting involved in a project like this especially when you're doing a documentary I don't think people understand like how much work goes into making a documentary it's literally the same if not more work than doing a narrative feature so going into it like coming up with the beats coming up with where the story goes especially as it's unfolding while you're filming what were some of your takeaways ways from this as a filmmaker oh my goodness you know one of the things that I, I learned a long time ago from a local filmmaker is when you do these projects this is film school <laughs> um, facts oh my know, gosh you, you you are actually going through film school when you do these things because you're you're looking for funding on your own you're building the crews you're building the schedules you're doing the storyboards, you're writing everything. And so it's a pretty big undertaking and you learn something every single project that you do. And it's never gonna be perfect, but you can always strive to do something that is going to bring a smile to your face. Mm -hmm. And with this project, it's taken a different form for me where I look back at my first project, I think we had a beer week event not too long ago and they asked me to show it and I was like, oh, this, this documentary is so dated. Are you sure you want to show it? It's like, yeah, sure. And I was like, oh man, I don't want to see this. There's probably so many bad things and you know, <laughs> I've learned so much since then. But I sat and watched it and I think the part that inspired me was that these people that I interviewed, they're continuing their journey and their breweries have grown and succeeded and thrived. But I'm also just happy that I was able to be a part of that. I think the wow. joy that comes out of this is just being a part of telling this story because this is a pretty big event that's happening across the country and even the world where people are, are going to be given chances to do something that was not available to them before. I'm just happy that to have known Marcus, to have met him and to, to at least tell this, this side of the story because it's exciting. I think when you do a project like that, that brings a joy to your heart, even though 
at the time, and I'm going to tell you this right now, there are so many times during the project where I just, I, I thought it was the worst thing I've ever made. Oh gosh. <laughs> We've all had, I, those moments are the, they're the fucking worst. They're, they're the worst. They, they oh, are. I mean, really, that there imposter are so many syndrome. times. Ugh, it's yes, awful. All of that. And there's so many times where I just sat there like, I cannot believe I decided to do this. This is oh, the no. worst piece of garbage, like hot garbage. I was like, I can't believe <laughs> it. I pushed, you know, I pushed through it, you know, and you're, and it's so funny because when you get on the other side of it and you're just like, wow, I did this and, you know, you should feel proud. And I think people can just walk away from something like this and just be encouraged that you have a vision, you have a voice, be passionate, tell your story work hard and try to enjoy it as much as possible because sometimes it doesn't feel like you're going to enjoy it but it, it, it is something that at the very end you will find some pride and joy about so that was a little little tidbit of the journey for me but yeah. i mean it's hard i mean but but at the end of the day it really really truly it's film school <laughs> it's it's just so it's so much when you're filming I've been there it, you're you're in the middle of it and everybody's there everybody's on set lights are up cameras are rolling and you're just like this is ev everyone's gonna find out that I'm a fraud and that I shouldn't be here <laughs> yeah exactly. it's the worst yeah. feeling in the world but it's yeah. it's amazing and, and, when it comes and, together though yeah you're absolutely right and and I think one of the things that I wanted to do was I wanted to honor you know the Baskerville family because he's obviously has been inspired by you know, his father and then his grandmother. I wanted to, to honor his family. I've had the privilege to break bread with his family and hang out with his dad. And that's cool. It, it's just the, it's just the coolest thing, and I've enjoyed every moment of it. They, they're a beautiful family, and that was one of my goals: is just to bring that kind of that honor to them as well. That's so special. It is amazing when you get involved in these projects and you are able to take that away because it's just so much more rewarding when you really get in there and get so involved with it. Yeah, it, and but to your point, you know, it, it doesn't feel like that sometimes while you're in the thick of it, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, very true. And then also like, you know, going from that like stress of filming, putting the film together. So it premiered for the first time at CBC, correct? I, yeah, yes, to the beer world, yes. So let me tell you, I had a, um, I had a grant fulfillment screening here in San Antonio. Oh, that's great. And yeah, I was able, I did want to do a quality screening. I had to do a, a fulfillment uh, screening for the grant tours so i had to do that it was there was no question about it if not i have to return oh the money. no totally yeah you'd have to return the money which is not worth it point of my question what did it feel like having it screened in front of people that were not your family because <laughs> right, it's just such yeah. a special feeling because of course your family watches it well you just i love that you did this it's like no you yeah. have to <laughs> you so what what did it feel like having it screened in front of people i think so what I tend to usually do is I don't even watch it. <laughs> I usually tend to just walk out as soon as I say, please enjoy the film, whatever. I say a couple of words and whatever, and I walk out. Just because, you know, I think as filmmakers, you've seen this film a bazillion times right. editing it, right? <laughs> yeah. And so I did pop my head in a few times. And I think the coolest part is just being able to see how people are encouraged by it and motivated but also just knowing that people are walking out with a different perspective and they're also just kind of like, this was great. They didn't know what to expect. Right. And so it's a surprise. And it's also just 
something, just amazement and just kind of feeling a little overjoyed that you did something that people can watch, sit and enjoy. I think that's probably one of the coolest feelings is just being able to provide people a moment of escape, you know, <laughs> yeah. and just kind of be inspired and take them somewhere else. I think that's always, you know, you you understand this as an artist, as an actress and stuff, and just providing people a moment of escape. It, it, it's, if you can do that for people and they can walk out inspired, especially in the, in the world that we live in today, that's just so negative sometimes. Yes. You know, I think I think if we can provide people that respite, you know, I think it, it's uh, we've, we've done our job. You know, it's so moving, and you know, you done you've done your job as a filmmaker. If people leave your film being inspired for to do something on their own or to do some, to act on what they've just seen, so in that you definitely yeah. achieve that with the movie. I after I watched it for the first time, I was just I was like, cool, the world is great. We're gonna get shit done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, thank you for saying that, and I, I really appreciate your kind words and the encouragement. It's just, I think, number one for me, I'm still in this kind of mode of, like, trying to see, you know, how to get more eyes on it, you know? Yeah. And, um, and it's exciting, and it's also painful when you get rejected by <laughs> film festivals. Oh, my gosh. But you're, you you've know? gotten into so many film festivals. Yeah, yeah the, I have, but it's also the ones that I really, really wanted to get in. They're just like, uh, hey, you know, we just can't get you in your programming, but just know that it has nothing to do with the quality of your film or yeah. whatever. And it's just like, uh, it's, it, but it still hurts. You it know? hurts. You still it get does. They're the real cool ones, you know. It, it's so frustrating because I'm on both sides of that because I'm a filmmaker, but also I run seven film festivals. So it's like we I, we literally just announced selections today for the Atlanta Women's Film Festival. And oh, my gosh, it was just heartbreaking. The films that we, yeah. you know, th like the films that we turned away were still amazing. And, you know, I, yeah. I did reach out to the filmmakers and say, oh, my gosh, I'm so like, I, I wish we had time in our programming. I wish we, you know, this is a great film. Yeah. Like, please stay encouraged because, yeah, it's it really is heart wrenching. But still and then from the film maker's perspective too i know doing that round at film festivals oh gosh it's just it it's your heart and soul on the line yeah no and it's tough and i i get it and and you know what the the ones that we get in we get so excited and you know we were able to win you know an award in, in toronto at a film festival and, and we won again here in huge. san antonio yeah and, and being able to win in your hometown is even better oh I yeah think. you know it's really really cool so yeah, we've had, and we're still we're still in the running for a lot of different festivals that are coming up, and I'm I'm excited. We'll, you know, obviously we'll, we're going to be in Atlanta. I'm excited. I've never been to Atlanta, so I'll, so excited being able to go and check out the different breweries and, and talk to people about film. And, yeah, you know, no, I'll really give you like the it. full Atlanta tour because I do all things film and beer here. So like right when you get oh, to perfect. town, I I got you. We're gonna have a great time. <laughs> I'm excited. Yes, and just know I told you I was like. I really, really want to go check out Monday Night Brewing. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Because they have two locations here. We'll go to the garage location first because it's huge and amazing. And then their original location is really cool, too, because they have the Hot Hut with all those, like, nice, juicy IPAs that you like. And then Halfway Crooks. Oh, yeah. I'm in Atlanta, yes. Tucky and Hippin' Hops. Oh, my gosh. 
Yeah, Marcus mentioned Halfway Crook, so for Gosh, sure, definitely so stopping by that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're so, I'm there all the time. I basically live there. Um, but no, I'm so excited because, yes, yeah, so Black is Beautiful is premiering. It's your Georgia premiere premiering yes. at the Summer in the South Film Festival on September 3rd. I am so excited. We're going to do a Q&A with you. So if anybody has any questions to ask, save them for the film festival. What do you have coming up next? Do you have any other projects in the works? Uh, I have been kind of mulling over some different things. I feel like my niche has been the beer industry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm hoping I could do something else with Black is Beautiful 2.0. You know, I really am excited to see what, how, how they're going to be doing things. And uh, hopefully I can, I can jump on and, and tell a story there. But yeah, it's just kind of seeing, you know, what pops up and, and see if I can find something that's interesting in the, uh, in the beer world and, and tell a story. But yeah, there's some things. Nothing is solidified yet, but uh, definitely working on, on some ideas. That's incredible. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. It's been so great to talk to you. I've loved talking to you before. I basically harassed you like right when I knew the film was coming out. So Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I think one of the other things that is really cool is just being able to give access of the film to you know beer organizations. The, uh, I believe it's a virtual uh, conference for women in the beer industry. Oh, wow. That's and great. Yeah, yeah, and and so we're going to be screening the film uh, at that conference. It's a, like I said, the virtual conference. But oh my gosh, wait! Know, I'm sitting here acting like I have no idea which conference this is. We had them on the podcast last year. They're amazing. That's such a great, huge conference. That's incredible. Yeah, and it, it's my my fault, but it's the Women's Craft Fermentation Alliance. Yep. That's great. Yes, you know, definitely sign up if you want to join the summit. But it's. We're going to be screening the film there as well. And I think that's going to be sometime next month. I, I'm, I'm excited just to be able to go to Atlanta here in a couple of weeks and hang out with you. It's going to be so much fun. It's going to be so epic. I, I have to say, people who travel to Atlanta and hang out with me for like beer stuff, it's, yeah, I give the best tours for sure. <laughs> okay, perfect. Yeah, because I, I have a list. I have a list. So we're, we're, we're excited. We'll collaborate. I'm so excited. And then what are the best ways for people to keep in touch with you and follow the film? Yeah, you can definitely follow the film at uh, the Black is it's, uh, on, on Instagram and on Facebook, Black is Beautiful Film, Facebook and Black is Beautiful Film on Instagram. Um, you can also you can follow me. I'm mpolo42 at, not at, it's just at mpolo42 on Instagram. <laughs> And nice. definitely check out the website. There's a couple of updates and behind the scenes photos and stuff like that. And some other media and videos about the film and some external stuff that we did with other breweries here in town uh, that collaborated in the efforts. Uh, and that, you can find that at blackestbeautifulfilm.com. And yeah, obviously go to Blackest Beautiful Beer and check out Weathered Souls as well. To get some more information about the initiative and where it's going. That's incredible. Well, thank you so much for sharing all this. I cannot wait to, yeah, I can't wait to see you next weekend. Yes, I am excited. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much for listening, everyone. That was such a great interview. He is such a pro. I had so much fun interviewing him and just learning more about his perspective as a filmmaker. Now, again, you can catch the film Black is Beautiful premiering at Summer in the South Film Festival on September 3rd. That's happening here in Atlanta at Wild Heaven Brewing on the West End, so 1010 White Street 
Also, Wild Heaven has El Tesoro there for food. I am so excited. El Tesoro is one of my favorite places. I am just so excited. And the film festival is going to be happening all day long. You can go to cinemalife.org to check out more information about Summer in the South Film Festival, also for tickets. I'll have a link in the show notes for tickets as well, or you can always go to the link in my bio on Instagram. This was a great episode. I'm so excited for you all to meet us out at Summer in the South Film Festival. It's going to be a great day. And thank you all so much again for listening and sticking with me. I promise in two weeks, we will have a brand new episode of Bitch Beer and you're going to love it. Cheers.